you know, we'll work hard to try and get you help. But if you're in need, you just need some um, supplies or you just need somebody to reach out and talk to, I want you to be able to dial our phone number. The phone number is 352-437-4244. Now, you will get a recording. There will be nobody in the office, but there will be people that will follow up and check the recording, and we will make contact with you and do whatever we can to help you in this time of need. I also want you to know that we'll be more regularly sending out uh, messages, uh, scriptures, and just trying to stay connected with each other through our uh, texts. And so if you aren't part of that um, connection yet, please text the word HEART, H-E-A-R-T, to 33222. Now you can, um, that normally you're going to get a response, uh, you'll get a text from the church. And again, it might be a word of encouragement, a scripture, but you also can respond. And if you have a need, please um, respond through the text and then also, um, our, our media expert is working on uh, a situation where, you know, if you still want to have the opportunity to tithe and to send your um, offerings, we will be able to do that electronically um, in the coming week. And we will post it on our website. And then we will also, under contact us, you can see, you can look at <laughs> This is great. <laughs> Under contacts, you can go there right now if you'd like. It's already set up. It's just a, uh, great that we have an in-house expert that can do that for us. And it's all set up so that if you'd like to continue and, and you know, take the opportunity to tithe and, and, and just continue to worship the Lord through your tithes and offerings, that's great. Um, but my brothers and sisters, I just want everybody to understand this is no time to fear. This is no time to panic. Last week, we finished a series of messages, and that series actually began, oh gosh, a year ago, and then the Lord has blessed me to deliver that message starting three weeks ago. And that series was titled, Living in the Shadow of God, and primarily based on Psalm 91, 1 through 8. My brothers and sisters, we ended in Acts chapter 5, or one of the examples that we used was Peter. Remember, after the church was visited and had the Holy Ghost fall upon them and they started to move with power, signs and wonders. Uh, things began to happen and my brothers and sisters have said that great signs were, were wrought through the apostles. The Holy Spirit was moving miraculously. And it was so great that even in the surrounding cities, people were bringing their sick out so that Peter's shadow would fall on them and they would be healed. And remember what we brought up last week. You know, Peter was dwelling under the shadow of God. He lived in the shadow of God. He was abiding abiding under the wings of God and then therefore became an extension because he walked with God, because he dwelt with God in that secret place. He was be, his, his very attitude, his very life exuded God, godly character. And then his shadow became so important to the people around him. And that's the way we need to be in this day and age, especially during this situation where people are panicked, people are worried, people are scared. And to be honest with you, I don't blame a lot of them. If I wasn't born again, if I didn't have the spirit of the living God in me, if I didn't know what the scripture said, I might be a little bit afraid too. If not for myself, certainly for my loved ones and my family. But I'm confident not because of me, but because of Him. So my brothers and sisters, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, 
we thank you that no matter where we find ourselves geographically, and Father, we thank you that even though many of our members right now may be listening and, and can't be here in this same place with us, we're still your church. And Father, we're connected right now electronically. But Father, in Jesus' name, we are connected spiritually. So we thank you for that, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that as this word, your word goes out, that you're going to touch hearts and minds. Father, you're going you're to allow us to be confident. Father, that we, our trust in you is not misplaced. Father, that you care for us. Father, that there's no need for us to worry because you have us. So, Father, thank you. And now I pray, Lord, that you would provide strength and encouragement to all the hearers of this word that you're about to bring forth in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So we're going to begin uh, real quick. I just want to share a couple of scriptures with you. And um, much of the text, for those of you who may be listening, and you you could break out your Bible or if you have your electronic device available or handy, um, much of the text, I'm going to be bouncing a little bit with scriptures as is my custom. I, I want you to hear the word of God, not Tony's opinion. So I'm going to back up everything that I say with scripture. So you could take notes, uh, you could play it back. That's one of the bonuses of being recorded. You could play it back if you missed it. And, uh, but we're, I'm going to begin in Luke uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 76. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us. That's through verse 78. I want to give you a little context, obviously. That's Zacharias. That's the father of John the Baptist. And this was after John was born and he gave him the name. And then after he gave him the name, remember he had to write it down. And then after he gave the name, that his name will be John, just as was ordered by the word of the Lord to him. He, he, he had his speech back. His speech was recovered, and then he prayed this prayer. He prayed this blessing over his son, John the Baptist. But listen to verse 79. This is, the, this is him pronouncing this over John the Baptist. To give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. My brothers and sisters, he was quoting He was a priest. He knew. He understood the word of God. He was quoting directly the messianic prophecy of Isaiah 9-2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. My brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter uh, what you think you are, how good you are, how bad you are. All of us, before we come to God are living under the shadow of death. Not in the shadow of the Most High. Not in the shadow of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Not under the wing of the Almighty. We are all dwelling in this shadow of death. Why? Because of Adam and Eve. You know know that. That's very basic and rudimentary. But we all are abiding in this shadow. So now listen to this prophecy, both from Isaiah, centuries and centuries before, and then Zacharias the priest pronouncing this, knowing his son was to be the forebearer, the one who prepares the way for the coming Messiah, the light. Amen? Awesome, awesome stuff. So now we're going to go to John chapter 1. And those of you who have been with me for a long time, you know, we, re- we just refer to this scripture so many times because I, th- I just think it's, it's so important. 
In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Now listen to verse 4. And please, I hope you're looking this up. Verse 4 says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Hallelujah. You see the, the relationship now between the Word, the light, and the life. And we all know further down in that same chapter, in verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So today's message, my brothers and sisters, is going to be, The Word becomes flesh. The Word becomes flesh. And so there's these three main elements that I've mentioned just a moment ago, but I'm going to mention them again, because that's what I do. The three elements of emphasis today are going to be the Word, light, and life. Jesus himself said in John 8, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So, again, Jesus, the living Word, the Word became flesh. He's the light of the world, and that light is life. Amen? All right. So now we have the word, the light, and the life. I'm just going to give you some fundamental foundational scriptures to go forward. Just You could jot them down. You could look them up later. In Psalm 119.105, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. See the, see the relationship now? The psalmist gives between the word and light. Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I'm so thankful that God gives understanding to the simple because I, me, myself, I need it. And I got a couple of them in here that are laughing. Maybe we need to switch who's coming into the, We need to change the volunteers beginning next week. <laughs> now, and, and then finally, and that, now believe me, folks, I can just, we can, you can add right off the top of your head scriptures that, that prove these points, these foundational kind of things that we're bringing up today. But, I, I, you know, let's just continue now. In Proverbs 6.23, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So the commandments and the law represent the Word of God. Amen? So the Word, so the word of God is a light. The Word of God reveals it. See, what does light do? Light makes things that maybe can't be seen, seen. Isn't that right? Exactly. Great word from Deacon Steve. Exposes. So, so and look at what it says. It, 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 there's these reproofs of instruction. The instruction that we get through the Word, this is guiding us in this life. Are you with me? Now, another. this is from Jesus, and this is something, that, my brothers and sisters, we've talked about just in recent past a lot. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So you see the interconnection, my brothers and sisters, between words, light, and life. Amen? So keep that in mind as we go forward. In John chapter 5, if you want to turn your Bibles there, please do. I'm going to be reading just a little bit uh, out of John chapter 5, and we're going to be uh, in verse 33. I'll give you a minute. I could hear, almost hear the pages over the internet right now turning. Verse 
Verse 33, you have sent John, speaking of John the Baptist, and he has borne witness to the truth. See, you have sent to John. You have sent people. You have sent those to, to spy John out, to, to listen to his message, to hear what he had to say. And he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in this light. D- did you catch that? But I have greater witness than John's for the works which the Father has given me to finish. The very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. When Jesus is saying, now what is he saying? Remember, uh, you know, when he was baptized, the voice came out of heaven, right? This is my beloved son. Do you remember that? That was the voice of the Father testifying of who he was. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, but you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent, him you do not believe. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and these are they which testify of me. You search the scriptures to see of this eternal life, to inquire. You you know that that's going to be the thing. That's what illuminates, if you will, that testifies of or guides you in this life. But they testify of me. They wouldn't receive him. My brothers and sisters, Jesus is the living word of God. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is showing to all of mankind, to the world, to everyone who would see. He is showing them God, the character of God, God's love, what love really looks like. He, he's ex- that, that word became flesh and, and, and it wasn't just things that we can philosophize about or if, if, that, if that's the right word. I don't even know if that's the right word. Pardon my, my grammar. That we can, we can throw around these ideas and, and, and you've heard me say this before. Many would say, well, Jesus, great man, um, the highest form of, you know, of ethics that you can ever see in a human being, uh, just, a, just a tremendous philosopher, uh, wise uh, loving, kind, oh, what a great... But my brother said, he's more than that. Because we can't suppose that, you know, in and of ourselves we can imagine based on some words or based on some, some, some things that we can think that we can ever come to a conclusion with our own human minds that this is the right way. It's not according just to our minds. He says, my words are spirit and they are life. It has to be, it has to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit on it. It has, to, it has to bring us to a place where it's more than just something that allows us to soothe our consciences, for us to understand that, hey, maybe there is a better way, and Jesus is this model of high ethics and high standards as it relates to our fellow man and how we should treat each other and, and what love looks like. Yes, all the above. But the problem with that is, my brothers and sisters, none of us would be able to achieve any of that. We can't even understand it in its totality. We can't even understand the depth of it. We can't even understand you know, what God really is about. What God re- We can't even begin, let alone try to live it. Let alone try to live it. How many times have we done things or tried to do things in our own will, things that we thought were good, that were right, and we were convinced of it, and we, we went that way? Listen, 
How many people have had religious experiences? And I'm, and I'm, I'm going to use air quotes here, religious. I'm not talking about a true relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I'm talking about they, they followed a path that was laid before them by a tradition or by something else. Or they took. How many times have we seen it, and even in our own lives, we've come to this conclusion that this was the way or this is the thing that we wanted to do. It was in our best interest. Or it just felt right. It seemed right. And our conscience was all in line with it. But we failed. Why? Because we're human. Because we're flawed. So we not only get to hear what Jesus preaches and teaches and try to go ahead and and make that the rule of our life. We We get to see the living Word. We get to see it lived out. We get to see someone who was mocked We get to see someone who suffered physical abuse. We get to see someone who even his own family, they didn't believe him. They thought he was crazy. So so we see all of this, and even through it all, someone who stays consistent through it all. The only people that he actually was a little bit short with were the people who were the religious people who tried to enslave the other people, who tried to enslave those beneath them so that they can retain their power, so that they can look good. They were, they were prideful. Jesus, the living Word, who shows us, He sheds light, He is the light. He manifests, He's made known, He shows us. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Listen to what it says in 2 Timothy. God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. You see that? He's called us with this holy calling. He's called us into this thing, but it's been revealed by the appearing of Jesus, who has abolished death brought life and immortality to light. So you see what that's saying? Very, very clearly. Very, isn't that right? So you have the Word of God. You have life and light. It's been revealed through Jesus. And it says through the Gospel. The last three words. Through the Gospel. Amen. The good news. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me go a step further here. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, The thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Have it more abundantly. My brothers and sisters, isn't it so amazing? He says, I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. He's not simply speaking. When you look at that that word study, that means life exceeding, life overflowing. It's not speaking just to eternal life. See, my brothers and sisters, so many, uh, early on, me, even as a young man, when I first became born again, my focus was, number one, I don't want to go to hell. And I realized when I heard the gospel that I wasn't living a blessed life. I wasn't living a life after Christ. I, I was a sinner. I realized when I heard the gospel message preached that I was a sinner and I needed a Savior. Otherwise, I was going to hell. 
But see now, so much of what we do is centered around that. We get somebody, we, we think, and, and it's a good thing, don't get me wrong, we need, we need to save people from destruction. But my brothers and sisters, it's not just about the living, it's not about just the hereafter. It's about living the blessed life. It's about living eternal life now. Living this abundant life that He's provided for us right now. We don't have to wait to die to receive the benefit of life. We have life now. We've been, listen, through the scripture that we just talked about, doesn't it say that we've passed from the shadow of death already? It does. He's taken us. He's, he's shined a light. The Word of God, the living Word, shined a light on this life that is now available to us now. We live the eternal life now. Hallelujah. He's provided us this abundant life that we should be enjoying now. And not just living so that maybe if we just do everything just right, you know, when we stand before him, he won't pull the trap door. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Straight to hell with you. No. That's not even an issue for us, is it? No. We need to be living that life in the light of what Jesus has already showed us. Isn't that right? But it has to come by the word. The living word, sure. But we have to have this scripture that's been given to us. We have to ingest it. And we have to have His Spirit interpret it for us. We have to have His Spirit bring it to life in us. Isn't that right? Amen. You know, I want to go back to John the Baptist just for a minute because here's something pretty interesting. Remember when John the Baptist was arrested, right? He, was, he just preached the Word and he was dogmatic about it and he let Herod know that you know, what he was doing, what he had done is wrong and he wouldn't... He wouldn't let up, so he had him arrested. And remember, he's sitting in prison. He, John the Baptist, is sitting in prison. He sent some of his disciples to see Jesus, and he says, ask him if he's the one or we should wait, wait for another. So his disciples go to Jesus, and they say just that very thing. And Jesus says, tell John, the blind see, the lame walk, the leper is cleansed, the deaf hear, and the gospel is being preached to the poor. And they did just that. And so when they went back and told John that as they were going back, Jesus waited for them to leave and then he addressed the people that he was speaking with. And he basically praised John the Baptist as being among among those born among women. There's not a prophet greater. He said something interesting. He said, when you went out to see John, did you expect to see a reed blowing in the wind? You know, it's like a rush like a plant or a piece of grass blowing in the wind? What did he mean by that? Did you expect to see someone who would be moved by every wind, that their opinion would change? That they would, you know, basically, I'm, I'm right now going to lick my finger and stick it in the air. We see what direction the wind is coming from, and then we're going to change our opinion or change what we preach or teach according to the wind. Which, which direction is the cultural, which direction are the cultural winds blowing? And let's, no, no. Did you expect, he said, did you expect to see somebody who was dressed in like uh, soft clothing? No, this man lived out in the wild. This man wasn't a ruler. He wasn't a king. He was a prophet of God. He was out there speaking truth and didn't care who he offended. He just had to speak the truth. The revelation that he had from God, the word that he had from God, he had to speak it. But then we see, my brothers and sisters, John had a moment while he's in prison. He's looking at his situation. And he doesn't doubt God. 
There's no way, there's no question in my mind that he doubted God. But remember, you know, even though God spoke to him, even though God said very clearly, the one who the Spirit sets on at like a dove, that's the one, and he saw it, and he proclaimed it, he believed it, he tr- but now he's seeing something different. His situa- He's still adhering to, abiding by, trusting in the word that God has delivered to him. He's still living his life according to that word, and now he finds himself in this very uncomfortable situation, to say the least. But he doesn't blow in the breeze. He, he can't change. But so now he says, okay, maybe this isn't the one. Maybe. Why? Because the expectation, you know, maybe like, like me sometimes, I say, God, if this is your will, then why is this happening? God, if this, then why that? God, you know, shouldn't I never you know, get a sniffle or a sneeze? God, shouldn't, you know, shouldn't the kids always act right? Shouldn't things always, because I'm following you, I'm, I'm, I'm adhering, I'm trying my... Mm-mm. No, you see, that's the thing. Maybe John was living to a certain expectation. And I can only surmise this. I'm not saying to you, thus saith the Lord. I'm saying, humanly, what I'm informed of as I read that scripture and as I study this scripture for years, and, and, and even in this specific text, I'm trying to put myself in that position as a man who, is, who Jesus proclaimed as the, there's no greater prophet than him. He's sitting in the middle of that situation and he begins to think. Well, the expectation is that when the Messiah comes, you know, we're going to throw off these shackles that will probably no longer be ruled by Romans. We will no longer be under Roman subjugation or he's going to restore the kingdom. We're going to have our Davidic king back here. Hallelujah. So the expectation maybe caused him to just rethink the situation and say, okay, but I will say this. He went to the right place to find the answer, didn't he? He couldn't go himself, so he had to send some messengers. I want to tell you something, my brothers and sisters. When you have that moment, when you have that little bit of doubt, don't let it fester. Don't don't hang on to it when you have that little bit of wavering, when you have that, then all you need to do is go to Jesus. Go and ask Jesus. Don't wait. Don't wait. And listen, you know what? It's okay to have certain expectations, but my brothers and sisters, let's be, let, let, and let, and say, I was going to say reality. Reality. Because that word is thrown around so much, we got reality TV, and nothing could be more fake. We have Facebook and everybody's putting their lives on Facebook. Are they telling their whole lives? Some of them do and I wish they wouldn't. But are, are they really being totally honest? No. But my brothers and sisters, listen. Here's, here's the reality. The reality is Jesus, the true and living God, the Word became flesh. And He is the one that lit it up for us that shined upon truth, that shined truth upon us, that we may be able to understand what is real. What is real? Think about the situation that we're in now. Think about all of the things that are being said of this virus. Every other day, I don't know what to think. 
I stop listening. I, you know, I do want to go ahead. Again, I'm not going to tempt fate. I'm not going to uh, tempt the Lord my God and, and put my... I'm going to make sure that I'm washing, sanitizing, doing everything I need to do uh, as recommended. Uh, okay, I'm going to do all of that. But in the meantime, when they're telling me about all of this doom and gloom and this is a problem, that's a problem, this, 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 uh, it's going to last this many months, it's going to be this, then it's going to come back and all... Uh, and then other people have a different opinion. All doctors, scientists, it doesn't matter. They're good. They have different opinions. Well, here's what I need to do. I need to continue to keep my connection with Jesus Christ. I need to go ahead and continue to read this word, you see. I need to continue when I do have those little problems, those little areas of doubt and concern. Go to Him immediately. John sent his messengers and immediately got the answer. What was the answer? What was the answer? The answer is, I'm showing you the works of the Father. I am showing you. There is no one else who ever did these things that I'm doing. No one else has ever been consistently... They had their, their vagabond Jews. They had their... their, their uh, gosh, what did they call them? Um, those seers and all this other stuff. They had their, their magicians. They had the... You know, listen... No one ever did the things that Jesus did. In fact, in the Gospel of John, John says that if there, was, there wouldn't be a book big enough to, to put down all of the miracle signs and wonders that Jesus did when He walked the earth. And matter of fact, Jesus, He, he let it rip. He told the truth, but at the same time, He did it in love. No one ever... Come on, who did that? Who has had the, the effect on the world that Jesus has had. Tell John all of these things that are being done, all of these works that are being done, and then also tell John that the Gospel, the Word, the truth is being preached to the poor, to the ones that no one cares about, to the ones that are treated like second-class citizens, to the ones that don't measure up, to the ones that couldn't afford to go and sit at the feet of Gamaliel, to the ones that couldn't go to the school of the prophets, to the ones who were uneducated, to the ones that didn't grow up with money, to the ones that grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. The Gospel is being preached to the poor. So what does that mean? The Word became flesh, dwelt among us. We beheld Him. We saw. We saw. We didn't just hear. We saw. My brothers and sisters, we are called to be lights Matthew 5.14, you are the light of the world. The city set on a hill cannot be hidden. You are called to be a light. So, what are you illuminating? What are you lighting up? What are you revealing? What are you making known? My brothers and sisters, I'm telling you that the Word needs to become flesh. I need to ingest this Word. I need to live this Word. The Word brings light. The Word exposes. The Word, listen, the Word and the Spirit are what's going to bring life. 
I'm a city shining on a hill. What am I showing? What am I lighting? The Word. I need to bring that Word to life. Now listen, I'm not getting all new age. New age. I'm, not, I'm, not be, I'm not saying in any way that I'm a little Jesus here. No, I got Him in me. And so I got to live my life according to the Jesus that's in me, that Spirit of truth, His Spirit that He placed in me. That gives energy to the Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5 says this, All things are exposed, they're made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Christ is making known to me. And it's that which I'm supposed to be making known to others. That's why he calls me a city on a hill. That's why he calls me a light. Because the light that's been given to me, the, the understanding that he's been given, that's been given to me by his word and by his spirit, I am now energized to live so that I become the living word. This life that I live, it's not just about the eternal life. It's about the life that I live here, the abundant life that I live here. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what shows the world Jesus. Not what I say. But I need to be that living Word. The Word needs to become flesh. The Word needs to be... Listen, we're His tent. We're His tabernacle. But we're a living tent. A living tabernacle. So what life am I showing? What light am I bringing? are, Are you hearing me this morning? God is good. And God has blessed us with abundant life. But the abundant life is not something that we're looking forward to in the future. Oh yeah, I am looking forward to it. Don't get me wrong. But it's not, that's not only what it is. It's the life that we live here. So, let me ask you. Are you worried? Are you being blown around with every wind? Everything, that's, what's the latest and greatest on social media? What's the latest and greatest revelation that's being preached in the culturally friendly churches? What's, what's the latest and greatest here? What's the latest and greatest there? See, because what I'm saying to you is God himself has revealed himself through this written word and he's animated it, given it power by his spirit. And my brothers and sisters, that's what we're called to. Nothing else. That's what we're called to. Just as Jesus was the living word, we, this word comes alive in us and then we execute it. That's our animation. That's what gives us life. Yeah, see, I'm not talking about New Age, Gaga, where you become a little God. You're, everybody's a little Jesus. Because some people preach that, teach that. I'm not, no, I'm not saying that you become a little Jesus. No, I got Jesus in me. And I'm depending on Him to live through me. I, gotta, I, love, I love the way uh, the Pastor Ed says it's something like this. Uh, we're... We're uh, Jesus with skin on. Something like that is how he says it. I, I, I may have misquoted that just a little bit. But if you think about it, that's what I, I want to be. I want to be the living word with skin. I want to have that word alive in me. And now I'm making it visible. It's not just words. It's more than just words. There's words that are giving me energy. It's, there's words that are backed up with the Holy Spirit and that are energizing my life. Amen? This is very rudimentary. It's very simple, isn't it? 
But then, my brothers and sisters, if it's so simple, what's happening? We're hearing so many different things, and I, again, I think this is a huge opportunity for the church. Man, I've heard things like, oh, this pandemic's just simply demonic. I've heard other things where, you know, God is God's judgment and, and blah, blah, blah. You know what? I don't care what camp that you're in. You know, that, that, you know that's, that doesn't mean a whole lot to me. And, and, well, this is the end times, and, you know, this is, uh, or, you know, Revelation. We're living in, you know, the, is this the Great Tribulation? No, it's not the Great Tribulation. No, I know it's not the Great Tribulation. We're still here. We're still here. But I believe, like I mentioned last week, this is birth pangs. This is birth pangs. This is Matthew 24 stuff. This is stuff where Jesus says at the end, toward the end, this is what it's going to look like. And, and it's going to happen. And it's going to continue to happen. They're talking now about, you know, hey, this virus thing and all this research that they're doing and they're fast-tracking this, this is going to make it better so that we'll be more prepared when the next pandemic... Uh, and, I'm, and I'm grateful for that. I thank God for, you know, all of the people that are on the front lines, doctors, scientists, nurses, microbiologists. I'm so thankful to God that there's so many people that are much, much smarter than I am and who have that drive and ambition to serve in that way. So thankful to them. And some of them are coming down ill right now because of their service. And, and we need to pray for them and keep lifting them up. But my brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter what we think, we say, we do. Science, you know what? Because it, it, my brothers and sisters, coronavirus has been around for a while. This is, just some, this is just a different strain. So when we get this one, how do we know what else is coming down the pipe? We don't know. But God does. God does. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my faith and my trust in Him. I'm going to continue to digest, to ingest His Word and continue to try, my brothers and sisters, my best to continue to shine as a light that He's called me to. And, and you know, I don't want to, golly, don't get so weighed down. If we're going to listen to that stuff, then our light doesn't shine. We're, we're lighting up something totally different. We're giving light or making known our faithlessness. But now here, I don't want anybody to leave here or anybody listening to feel totally guilty or totally uh, burdened because you had a moment of doubt or because you know, maybe you, you lacked faith in an area or because you hear a message or you heard a message and it, you know, if you get sick or if you were, oh man, you're not a Christian. No, I'm, no, no, no. No. When you have doubt, if you do get a little shaken, go to Jesus right away. Go to Him right away. Go to Him right away. Man, we can't get weighed down and show that... If you're not going to be at the light. You're not going to be illuminating this, this Word. You're not going to be illuminating the power of God if we walk around just being moved by every piece of news that comes out of anywhere. No. I'm going to believe what the Lord says. I'm going to put my faith and my trust in Him. And I'm going to, listen, I'm going to go with God. He never changes his mind. There's not anything that can mutate or change to overcome him. Nothing. So I'm going to put my faith and trust in him. And I'm going to pray for others. And I'm going to make sure that, listen, the love that Jesus had for others is the same love that I have for others. So that when people do need, see, this is the time. This is the time. I told you. This, things will never be the same after this. 
Things will never be the same. When this thing is over, there's going to be, people's minds are going to be changed. There are going to be people that are going to be locked in and, and fearful. There are going to be people that, uh, you know, whatever. They're, but this is an opportunity for us. This is an opportunity for the body of Christ. This is an opportunity for us to shine, to, to truly give light to the truth. To truly walk, listen, walk as the living Word. And to really show the love of God for all of people. Not just for select people, but for all people. And continue to do those things and not be moved, not be worried, not be, but not be crushed, but to be strong. Listen, to be faithful. Be smart. Continue to wash. Continue to sanitize. But this is an opportunity for the church to shine. And people, some people are going to be convinced. But also remember... When you make manifest the truth, because Jesus said it, you won't come because you would rather live this life in darkness than come to the light of the truth. You would rather do that. So when you're manifesting truth, there are going to be people who don't really like you. There are going to be people who give you trouble. There are going to be people who move away from you, who talk bad about you, everything. But don't, listen, don't let that wind sway you, bend you, move you in any way. You adhere to the truth. You follow the truth. You be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And all of those naysayers, all of those who look at you and say, yeah, right, they're a fanatic, they're this, they're that, let them say, I'd rather be a fanatic in Jesus than go ahead and live this life in darkness and then miss the hereafter. Now I'm going to live, let's live the abundant life, the abundant life right here, right now. Even in the middle of a pandemic, we can live the abundant life and know that we know that we know. It doesn't matter what happens, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. The worst that happens is I get it and die. Guess what? If I get it and die, I'm going to be with Him just a little sooner. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not going to fear what man can do to me. I'm certainly not going to fear what microbiology can do to me. But, I'm going to give, put my faith, trust, and confidence in God. Amen? Alright, I'm going to leave you with this scripture, and then we're going to pray. Isaiah 12.2 Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank You for Your Word. Lord Jesus, we thank You for everything that You did. And no question. Yes, Lord Jesus, all about the, 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 gosh, the suffering, the sacrifice. Yes, Lord, we thank You so much for that. For the forgiveness that was given to us through the payment of Your blood. Father, we, Jesus, we thank You. But, but Jesus, we thank You even more for bringing Your Word to life for, for showing us what the Word looks like. We thank You, Lord, for, for manifestations of the Word among us. We ask You, Holy Spirit, to continue to move in truth and power. Empower us, Holy Spirit. We're weak. We're humans. But we're filled and we want to continue to be filled with You, by You. Continue to, to light up that word inside of us and energize us, Lord, that we may truly be light in this current age of darkness. Lord God, let the skeptics take a step back. Let them see your church shine as, 
as this city on the hill, as you called us. So Lord, let us, let this group, let anybody under the sound of my voice, here and now, declare, we want to be the shining city on the hill. Empower us, Holy Spirit, that we may do everything that you've called us to do in Jesus' great name. And Lord, while we're in this attitude of prayer, Father, we lift up those who are the first responders, who are the the medical technicians, Father, who are, Father, setting their lives aside and ministering, Father, to those who are the sick among us, among all populations. Father, I pray that you would protect them, that you would strengthen them. Father, I pray that, Father, that they would get a, a special revelation from you. I pray, Father, special light on their life. Father, empower them. Hold them close to you. Draw them close to you, Lord. Father, all of the members uh, that, that call this church their home, Father, those who are sick among us, we, we lift them up to you now. And we ask, Father, that you touch them in their physical body. Father, even as they hear this word, Father, let it minister down on the inside of them. Father, let them get a hold of it. Father, let them, Father, let them be energized in their faith towards you. Let them know that they know that they know that Jesus, you have provided healing and strength for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. And in the days, say maybe weeks or whatever it is ahead, Father, continue to lead, guide, and direct us that we may be help to others and show us what and how and when. In your great name, Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. And I hope you tune in to us next week if we're still in this condition or whether we're not. Have a great week. Now to he who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to that power that works in us, to him be all the glory in the church forever and ever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Peace.